Well, I'm really excited to talk into uh, the new year. Uh, when I hear, you know, new year, I think uh, new year, new me, so many of us are coming into the year. Maybe you don't necessarily have the new year, new me hashtag in your Instagram profile, but we all, when we think about the new year, we all enter into it to some degree with some desire for change. Um, and for me, and for some of us, we enter into the new year guns blazing. We've got like our goal list. We're ready to like make all these radical changes. We've, you know, we've, we're like, I'm going to just completely flip 180. You're not going to recognize me this time next year. But um, if you're also like me, you'll know like a month in or like a week in or like a day in, you become very, very, very much aware that it's not quite that easy. How do I know this is true? Because my beautiful wife and I uh, went to the gym on January 1st. How many people were there? Two. Two people at the gym, January 1st, that, that, that time where people were like, today's the day that I'm going to make the change, I'm going to hit the gym, I'm going to go make, make myself get that physique that I've been longing for, two people rocked up. Two people rocked up. But I, I, I can't be hypocritical because I am also the worst at this. I, I have had the same goal for like the last four years in the realm of gym to perform a muscle up, which is like, for those of you who know what that is, that is not easy. Um, and I have that goal. It's like a chin up, but then you push yourself up over the bar. Um, and yet, so that's my goal, right? It's been like my goal for four years. And yet I'm still like having a hard time making it to the gym consistently. Because how many times did I go to the gym this week, church? One singular time I made it to the gym this week, but yet I, I'm very quickly becoming aware that it's uh, the new year, new me does not automatically take effect on January 1st. And for, for you and I, we don't just do that in our, in our natural lives, we can also translate that into our spiritual life. We can often come into the new year going, this is the year that I'm going to seek after God more than I ever have before. This is going to be the year where I pray for two hours every day. This is going to be the year where I read the entire Bible start to finish within two months. Whatever it is, you come with this, with this goal and this hunger and this desire to seek after Him, but you find very quickly as the busyness of life and all of the troubles and the ebbs and flows of things come, you find that it's not quite that easy just to shift things. And yet, Jesus, above all else, is committed and passionate about you and I experiencing genuine transformation, genuine change. And through the Bible, we can discover how we can experience it. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, it says this, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, and this is what I want you to catch, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. You see, when you and I begin a relationship with God, put our faith in Jesus for the very first time, and if you've yet to do that uh, before, there will be an opportunity to do that later in the service. When we make that decision, in God's sight, we actually are a brand new creation. In God's sight, in that moment, everything that we were up until that point, whatever our past was with all of its mistakes, all of its shortcomings is washed away, and God sees us as perfect. God sees us as holy. God looks at us like we have never fallen short one time in our life. He looks at us like we are perfect, and yet you and I would know, based on our new year, new me shortcomings, that though God sees us that way, we don't necessarily walk it out that easily or that quickly. 
And so we actually recognize that just like a child who was born into a family has to go through years upon years of development and learning how to be a part of that family and learning the, the ins and outs, the do's and don'ts of being a part of that family, when you and I enter into the family of God by placing our faith in Jesus, we are newborn children in the kingdom of heaven and have to go through the process of development, spiritual development, g- gradual, genuine change to become children of God. Hebrews 10, 14 says it this way, for by one sacrifice, talking about Jesus upon the cross, He has made perfect forever, watch this, those who are being made holy. And so, we have this paradox. In one sense, we're perfect. Could not, in God's eyes, be any less or any more perfect. And yet, on the flip side, we're going through this process of being made holy, being made holy. In like Christianese terms or theological terms, this process is called sanctification. Sanctification, where though in a moment we're changed, in God's eyes, we are actually going through, undertaking a lifelong journey of learning how to be more like Christ. And I believe that this year can truly be the most significant year of change that you and I can experience, but it only comes when we better understand this process, that the transformation that you and I are truly seeking holistically actually is a process that, that happens as we partner ourselves with God. So, I'm going to help us understand a little bit more about how you and I can experience that genuine life-transforming change, to become transforming lives. Sound good? Alrighty. In order to become, to, to be a transforming life, we've got to first prepare for endurance and not for a sprint. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set for us. Who remembers cross-country back in the day? Cross-country? Okay. For those of you who don't know, um, cross-country was torture. Um, cross-country in school was just, you would, it was you were running cross-country, and it was like you two kilometers, three kilometers, four kilometers. And I didn't love long distance when I was in school. I was a sprinter. I enjoyed the 100 meters pass out from going too hard. That was it. And so, but I was also competitive, so I wanted to win. But my mindset was get the lead and try to maintain it. So I would just like, I would send it for like the first three, 400 meters and then like maintain it for another kilometer and then just cark it. Could not, con- could, could not continue it for the life of me. And, and I would often end up finishing close to last, just like sweating, crawling over the finish line because I, did not, I wasn't prepared for the, for the endurance. I was prepared for a sprint. And you and I can do this as well in our life with Jesus. We make the decision, okay, I'm all in. When we first get saved, we're passionate, we're feeling the love of God, we're feeling the presence of God, so we dive head first into everything that God's called us to. We get to every meeting, we serve on every team, we, uh, we do everything humanly possible to, 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 just because we're passionate and we're excited. But then we find that whether it's through tough circumstances or just through doing that consistently for an extended period of time, without recognizing this process, you actually find yourself right back at square one because you find yourself tired, you find yourself weary, you find yourself exhausted, you didn't put, you didn't prepare yourself for the long haul, the lifelong journey of following Jesus, and you find yourself weary, discouraged, disgruntled, whatever it is, when you actually find out that there are still things that you've got to work on, and that doesn't automatically change when you make a decision to follow Jesus. And that can, that can be discouraging. And yet that, 
that journey of transformation is lifelong. It actually, regardless of where you're at in your faith journey, whether you just started or you've got ages to, uh, ages to go or you've been going at it for decades now, we're all on that lifelong journey. Until we see Jesus face to face at the end of days, you and I are still on that transformational journey. And so we've got to treat it with endurance, not as a sprint because we'll gas ourselves out and just end up right back at square one. Now, I'm not an expert. As I said, long distance is not my thing, but I did do a little bit of research around like marathon training and just like in preparing and training for long distance. It's super important that you strengthen your body in its fitness. You cannot, if you have not prepared for a marathon, you cannot do it tomorrow. Like, I don't care how fit you are. If you have not prepared for endurance, you won't do it. Um, I know, I think Rod Frecker can attest to that. He is an absolute beast. <laughs> so you have to strengthen yourself in, in, in a marathon, but you also have to ensure you're getting sufficient fuel and energy, and you also need sufficient rest. And in our spiritual journey, spiritual journey of faith, we also need those components. We need to strengthen ourselves spiritually in order to walk out this journey of faith. And so the way that you and I strengthen ourselves in our spirit is firstly by praying in the Holy Ghost. When you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, the Bible tells us that a way in which we strengthen ourselves is by continually using that gift. The gift of praying in tongues in your quiet place is a way in which we strengthen ourselves in our spirit because our flesh doesn't know what's going on, but our spirit is continually strengthened. Secondly, we also do that by continually gathering together. The scriptures tell us that in the gathering together is where we strengthen one another and exhort one another. That's another word for encourage. In, in the things of God, and in, in trying, to, trying to walk out this journey of faith, trying to walk out this journey of faith without people around you, encouraging you and strengthening you, is like a newborn trying to live in the family with no one home. That is literally what it is like to try and do this journey of faith in isolation. So can I encourage you, if you have yet to connect with the other people of faith, make that a high, high, high priority. I would say make it your number one because they are the ones who will walk alongside you and encourage you in that space. Now, I didn't have this in my message initially, but as I was praying today, I felt to add it. One of the most significant ways in which you and I actually strengthen in our faith is in times of trouble. In times of trouble. That's a bit of a downer, isn't it? That's a bit of a downer. Romans 5, verse 3 to 4 says this, Not only so but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. James 1 uh, verse 2 says says it like this, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let the perseverance finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything, not lacking anything. Now, again, to use fitness as a metaphor, uh, you and I know that in order to get strong physically, we need to undergo a process of resisting increased weight in order that our muscles would tear and then repair themselves stronger. In the same way, in our spiritual journey, I hope I got that right, by the way. If I'm getting any of this wrong, you can rebuke me after that, after this, and just, just go to town to all those fit, fitness fanatics. Anyway, uh, I, hope, I, hope I'm, I hope I'm on the right track. But for our spiritual 
lives, the way in which we undergo strengthening is in times of trials. It's in times of trials. The Lord allows trials, sufferings, to be the training ground for our faith because our faith is never tested unless it has something that tests it. Our faith is never, is never solidified unless there, it comes up against resistance. Uh, and unfortunately for you and I, the life that Jesus promises us when we enter into relationship with Him is not sunshine and rainbows. It does not guarantee that things will be perfect from that day forward. However, our character will be strengthened. We will be molded into more patient, more kind, more loving, more faithful, more, more integrous people as we embrace these seasons. And so I want to just encourage someone here, because I believe, that, I believe that that was brought to my mind, because there are people here that have entered this year in a time of trial, in a time of suffering, in a time of hardship. And can I encourage you, hold on. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to Him. And, and, and in that process, don't shrink back. Don't isolate yourself. Don't be discouraged, but hang on to God. And in the process, go, God, what are you doing in me? What are you molding in me that is changing me into who you've called me to be? And that's the, the last thing that I want to, I guess, finish on as we talk about going on this transforming life. We have to prepare for endurance, not for a sprint. We have to strengthen ourselves. We have to, we have to ensure that we rest because we can't give God our best if we're unable to rest because we're just going 110%. We also have to ensure that we've got the right fuel in our bodies. That's the Word of God that the Bible says is the bread of life. We have to continually consume this Word because that is where we get our spiritual nourishment and the refreshment and the hydration that our spirits need is found in the presence of God. And the presence of God is found in the place of prayer. It's found in the place of worship where, undistracted, we are just engaging with His presence. And Jesus tells us in John 4 that He is... That, that living water that we experience for our spirit when we connect with Him. So we need those things. And ultimately, in order to live that transforming life, we must have our eyes fixed on Jesus. Yeah. We must fix our eyes on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. After it says, let us run with endurance that the race marked out for us, it says we do this by fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. He's the pioneer or the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, I don't know about you, but when it comes to running, not that I do it all that much anymore, but when I do, uh, it's so much easier to run when i got someone with me. Um, because particularly if they're slightly more fitter than me, which is always the case, um, I'm able to, the, the competitive nature in me just causes me to want to keep pace. And, they, and they're able to encourage me and to continue to press me on until I just about collapse. And Jesus, in our spiritual journey of continual transformation, He is the one that we look to. We don't look to the right or to the left. We don't look behind us, because if you do that while you're running, you, you, you stack it, or you go off track, right? But Jesus is the one who has gone before us in the race. He is the one who has already seen our life and walked it out perfectly when He came to earth, and lived a perfect life, completely sinless. So he is, the, he is the example that we run our race off. So when we look to Him, when we discover more of Him in the Scriptures, we become more like Him. And not just is He the one who's, who's, who created the race that we're running in the first place, He's the one who is perfecting us as we run it. He is the one who runs alongside us and, go, and goes, hey, 
You might have stumbled. Get back up. We're going to keep going. Just keep following me. I've got you. I'm the one who is teaching you how to do this life. And I'm so thankful to have a God who didn't just map out things and then go, here you go, figure it out yourself. I'm so thankful for a father that when I entered into this faith, didn't leave me alone, but taught me how to walk, taught me how to talk, taught me the things of the family so that I could learn how to live the life that he's called me to live. He is the one. And you in yourself m- might find yourself here with, a, with a, a grocery list of all of your imperfections and just a sense of hopelessness and discouragement as to how you could possibly ever change. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. He is the author and the perfecter. In the trials, he is the author and the perfecter. In the successful times, he is the author and the perfecter. He is the one who is continually molding us, shaping us to become our best selves. You can't find that anywhere else. There'll be a whole bunch of self-help books and gurus who will tell you that they've got the keys, but it all falls short. It's all insubstantial. Jesus is the only one who is perfect, and he is the only one who can teach us how to be perfect. And so we must look to him. And so what I want to do in this moment is actually create an opportunity because we're entering into a new year. And I I believe that there are some people here who just want to create open up some space just to to pray and why don't we all just stand to our feet because we're just going to worship for a bit but I do feel that there are people here and you've entered into this year weary you've entered into this year discouraged you've entered into this year and you just there isn't a sense of excitement kind of like what Josh said there isn't a sense of anticipation Maybe the, the faith tank is drained and maybe in the process of just doing life, you've lost sight of Jesus and so you found yourself weary. We're going to worship and I just want to invite you just to come down to the altar. The Bible says that when we wait upon the Lord and when we posture ourselves in this atmosphere, He renews our strength. And I believe that there is a fresh impartation of faith. I believe that there is a fresh injection of strength and life to come to you tonight. And secondly, I want to pray for those who are looking to the year and looking to who they want to become, the things they want to achieve, and they're starting to dream, they're starting to think about their goals, but they've just, they've yet to consider Jesus. They've yet to look to God. What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to be this year? What are the things that I need to shake off? What are the things that I really need to go to work on this year? And I believe that God wants to speak. I believe He wants to speak really clearly, but that's in response to us coming to the front. So in, as we worship, I'm just be bold. Come to the front. We'll, we'll pray. Take it, take it away, worship team. I will worship. I will join with the angels Awesome. I just want us to take a moment just to wait upon the Lord for a little bit. Because the Bible says, when we wait on the Lord, He renews our strength. And I, and I do believe that there are people here that just need that fresh touch of heaven, that fresh injection of strength. And you've been, 2023 might have just been a, a bit of a battering ram of a year. And you're looking just for that fresh touch. So what I want us to do is I just want the keys to play. 
And we're all just going to close our eyes and we're just going to be still for a moment and just open our hearts to the voice of God. Lord. Such a beautiful sense of God's presence here. One more time, close your eyes and just open your heart and your hands to God. Father, I just pray over our church, C3 Powerhouse, that we would be full of transforming lives. Full of transforming lives. Father, as we enter this new year, I pray that above all else, that our goal would be to be more like you to be more like you. And Father, I thank you that you are always at work in us. You're always working. You're always moving. And the things that you've begun in us, your word says you are faithful to bring to completion. Lord, and I pray that every single one of us, Lord, wouldn't do this year in our own strength, but would look to you, the author and the perfecter, would look to you and receive everything that we need to be who you have called us to be and to do what you have called us to do. Pray these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen.